Welcome to the Mount Hammer Podcast, episode 22. I'm Mo, I'm here with Luke and L. What's going on, guys? Football's coming home. Football's coming <laughs> home. <laughs> Don't you start. We've been bullying L with Vindaloo all week long. It's been <laughs> glorious, hasn't it, L? No, not having it. <laughs> that was a look. Uh, yeah, still boiling. Football's coming home. What a week to be alive. Uh, what are you guys been up to? <laughs> Not watching football? Yeah, pretty much just watching football. Not watching football. Brilliant. Well, while you were <laughs> watching and not watching football respectively, uh, I went to see Queens of the Stone Age on Saturday. Oh, how was it? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, it was, It was. well, first of all, I think that it's been kind of widely reported that there are some, uh, let's say, organisational uh, issues. Mm. Um, this is the, the gig at Finsbury Park in London for those outside the capital. For some reason, they didn't seem to kind of factor in that 40,000 rock fans on a hot sunny day might like a beer and so there was a lot of queuing and stuff a lot a lot of queuing people there a couple of hours I heard in certain places seemed to chill out once the bigger bands got on there but yeah so I know that's been out there but band wise it was fucking great Uh, I got there about half an hour before Run The Jewels came on so I got straight in for that because it took a while to get a beer um, and they were obviously not a metal band but one of the most metal hip hop groups going just because they're fucking rad and they're badass and people were full on circle pitting for their sets amazing it was brilliant uh, yeah I love them to did bits. they try and rock it up a bit because they were like an anomaly on that bill really no not really I mean to be honest when you've got a sound that bass heavy I don't think you really need to and, and people were into it you know I think they fully crossed over into um, you know, into the rock crowds, certainly into portions of the mainstream crowd. I know that they've actually been booked at rock festivals in the US now as well. So, I can't remember what one it was. It was like Aftershock or one of those ones. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, but Run the Jewels got booked on one of those big rock fests in the US. I, I would love to see Run the Jewels play Download. I think it would be. That would be sick. You remember when Lethal Bizzle played all those years yeah, ago? Yeah. One of the kind yeah. of classic things. I think Run the Jewels could be like that, but I don't think there'd be any. Sure, you get some people moaning, but yeah. I think it, they draw a big crowd, and I think it go down great. Stick them um, on before the prodigy or something. Oh, <laughs> don't toy with my heart like that. Imagine your summer dreams. Oh my word, that would be great. So yeah, that was they were brilliant. Uh, Iggy Pop was just kind of Iggy Pop, good fun. Brilliant. Um, uh, I mean, for a guy who's I think past seventy now, he's been pretty damn good, Nick. And uh, still yeah. really muscly. Yeah, kind of sinewy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Leathery. Leathery, yeah, definitely. But if, if I look like that when I'm his age, I'll probably be running around with my top off and my hand down my pants, as he seems to be <laughs> insisting on doing. So that was really good. Um, now, Queens of Stone Age. So this is a band who, to me, I don't know if you guys agree, very much belong in the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Green Day, Foo Fighters category of bands where they kind of used to be ours and they used to feel like they were part of proper rock culture. They were one of our bands, and now they're just not. They feel... They're a mainstream rock band, and they attract, on the whole, a slightly different crowd to what they did, you know, I would 15 agree. years ago, let's say. I, I think they're, they're definitely more mainstream than they were yeah, 15 years ago, but I wouldn't put them in the same... I still don't think there's a bit more edge and you know, alternative attitude to them than, than like Chili Peppers, who are just... That Full on dad rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair point. Fair point. But I, I guess what I'm getting at is like it's, it's a main. It's, it wasn't really a mainstream festival actually because they're like Brody Dalplan and stuff, which is pretty cool. But 
it was, you know, it was a big gig at summer at Finsbury Park. You think you'd get a lot of casuals. You don't really know what the atmosphere is going to be like, and you certainly don't know what the set list is going to be like. I was expecting a lot um, from um, the album from last year that the way you used to come came off. Which what the hell is that album called? It's not uh, that surprising. Brody was there, though, given her and Josh villains, villains together. Yeah, good point. Actually, didn't think of that. But yeah, um, I thought it'd be very, very villains heavy, mm. um, and there was a lot of uh, villains material in there. But they came on straight off the bat with two songs off of Songs for the Deaf. Um, uh, no, sorry, two songs of Songs for the Deaf and a song off Rated R. Then they went into 666. So it was, it was like the opening five songs was all kind of classic, older Maybe. or oldish, like Queen stuff, which was fucking great. Um, the way you used to, I think it's a massive tune. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was awesome. They played great. The sound wasn't super loud, which I think is to be expected at um, big kind of London city park gigs you know there's stupid sound laws in place and yeah. stuff like that but the atmosphere was really good the whole uh, queuing problem didn't seem to bother people everyone was really into it um, not as many Johnny Dickheads as I thought you might get at a Queen's gig in <laughs> 2018 I know that sounds a bit snidey but I'm sure people know what I mean uh, and yeah it was just great they played um, yes like I said six tracks of songs for the deaf a couple of rated R um, kind of a general spread of everything else beyond that and it was just really, really, really good rock and roll gig. I thought it was, I thought it was great. Um, I would go see them again. And then they played a song for the deaf and a song for the dead as the encore. So it just oh, properly went off. Yeah, that's amazing. Did they hold your attention? Because I found when I saw them last year, the songs from Rated R and Songs for the Deaf sounded really strong. And you're like, oh yeah, they've got these really good tunes. But then when they did some of the other songs that were a bit more jammy, because they do go a bit jammy. Yeah, they I went a little bit jammy. I lost my interest a little bit. Um, I mean, some of the newer stuff. Uh, I felt like went that a little bit um, but to be honest the song they went most jammy on was um, No One Knows like that was the one they probably really extended out into a big thing and, yeah. it, and it works because uh, it sounds like a stupid thing to say if you're from a certain generation but because that was always the Queen's song yeah. because they've done so much stuff since then and like I said they kind of connect to a different audience to them you don't know if it's going to mean quite as much to people as it did mm-hmm. to people who got into them around 2000 2003 but it was it was like Metallica dropping into Sandman. Everyone <laughs> went absolutely nuts for it. People were crowd surfing up on shoulders, like I said, for running Jules Circle Pit in. Um, and it was a really, really great vibe. It was cool to see that the a band like like I said, I felt like I was proved wrong a bit because I felt like, oh, they're not really a band that I, I connect with very much anymore. But I really, really felt like they they whatever fan whatever era of Queens you're a fan of, I think you'd have been well entertained at that gig. It was oh. really, really good. It was a lovely time. Uh, don't forget, of course, that the current issue of Metal Hammer is still on sale. It is a guitar special. We talk to the biggest and best guitarists in the world of metal. People like Kirk Hammett, Tony Iommi, uh, Darren Malaki, and Lizzie Hale, Zach Wilde. They're all in there. It's a hell of an issue. You need to go pick it up right now. And we've also just released a couple of very special, super limited edition bullet for my Valentine bundles. These are limited to 100 and 200 copies only, depending on which one you pick up. They have stuff in there like exclusive picks, um, as in guitar picks, not photos. Uh, signed stuff, signed lyric sheets, exclusive gravity t-shirt you can't get anywhere else. Uh, they're very, very limited, so get on some at hummer.com right now to find out how to get a hold of them because they will not be hanging around very long. So get them. Immediately, they're very good, especially if you love it. <laughs> What's been happening in the world of metal? Someone tell me now. Well, Merlin, you, you mentioned mentioned Lizzie Hells in the new issue, and so Hellstorm have got a new album on the way. Yes, they? they have. Yeah, that's exciting stuff. Uh, they just released a new track, Black Vultures, which I think is pretty fucking good. I think it's pretty fucking good too. 
I've not been I'm not a massive Hailstorm fan but I think what they're doing at the minute is yeah just really good just solid rock and roll really and Lizzie's voice is amazing you can hear loads of stuff in there as well when I was listening to it I was trying to put my finger on all the stuff it reminded me of it reminded me of like quite a lot of grunge pretty sure I heard sort of a nod to Cashmere in there there was like a bit that sounded like Within Temptations uh, Faster and there were like little bits that really kind of popped out and um, I like it it is a rock and roll song it is a Lizzie Hale Hailstorm song but has got like a dark edge as well so yeah definitely I thought I actually thought Into the Wildlife was a great album I think Hailstorm were definitely guilty of their reputation kind of hanging around Lizzie which is understandable because mm-hmm. she's one of the best vocalists in rock music today but I don't think like they, they've written a couple of great songs like Love Bites and all those yeah, ones, yeah. but I don't think they quite nails a truly decent album but I thought the last one was really good and I think yeah the, the stuff I've heard off this one sounds really good as well Vicious is cool isn't it yeah um, and that's out imminently over the summer I believe so yeah very very interested to see where Hailstorm go next UK tour has apparently sold amazingly well and that's months away yet so I get to see good things happening for a good band. Who, who, who they got support him on that? Is that someone? Uh, Avatar. Oh, do you say it's not Avatar? Yeah. yeah. That's not, that's not it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Avatar and Hailstorm. Yeah. Two big shows, what, you know, back to back. I imagine Avatar brings some production and Hailstorm will go They might silly. bring their throne. <laughs> that's all you need. Just a lovely little throne. A lovely throne. Um, yeah, interesting. We'll see what happens with them. But good to see Hailstorm bringing out the big jams because that's what we want from big rock and roll bands. What else is going on? Well, there's a new Dayside album on the way. Ooh. We've not really spoken about Dayside because they've not done a lot lately. But are you a fan, Merlin? Is, is, it, is it too heavy for you? <laughs> it's not too heavy. I'm not, uh, I'm not the biggest Dayside fan, though. No. Um, it's not really... They're not really in my wheelhouse mm. as such, I would say. Um, but yeah, one of the most important death metal bands of all time. Glenn Benton is uh, a maniac. And I mean that in, <laughs> in as endearing a term as I possibly can um, but yeah what, what's happening with the album what's that doing uh, late, well, later this year September 14th it's coming uh, on Century Media and it's produced by you guys work with Black Dahlia and Trivium so it's probably going to sound interesting and they've said they've got a bit that sounds like Judas Priest which well, is quite weird because I can't that imagine hitting the high notes. Forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, if, they, if they've got someone who's been working with Black Dahlia, I mean, that's really interesting because I think Black Dahlia are one of the best sounding death metal bands out there. I've worked with them before. It's Jason, isn't it? Oh, Jason Sukov. Oh, cool. Cool. Oh, that makes sense then if it's Jason doing it. Yeah. Pretty sure that it is. Uh, should, I think you are right, it is. Good. Well, that was happening. He is one of the best modern metal producers going. So. He'll make it sound really modern. Because I've seen them before, but I've never really been sucked in. But if they come out with something that sounds really fresh and modern and exciting and everyone's excited, I'll probably like it. I think we're in a position now as well where um, a lot of kind of veteran death metal bands are putting out great albums like At The Gates have been back on great form. Yeah. Cannibal yeah, Corpse put out a great one. album this year. Yeah, Cannibal Corpse. So this year was at the end of last year. I think it might be the end of last year. Red Before Black, that's mm. a hell of an album. So yeah, there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about um, veteran death metal bands, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Yes, admittedly, I'm not... So, yeah, I, I like death metal obviously but Deicide have always been one of those bands that have been on the periphery uh, the best thing I think Glenn Benton did is the do you have the Road Bunny United album the Annihilation are you really about to say that's the best thing Glenn Benton from Deicide no, no not that it's every song but I love that Annihilation by the Hand of God song I mean, yeah it's a great tune it's fucking brilliant like, yeah. I loved it that was the first time I ever heard Glenn Benton's voice and I was like what is this man God, that was a hell of a thing wasn't it 
Do that again. Yeah, do that again. <laughs> right, right or someone else, Nuclear Blast, they've got half that roster now, so... Yeah. <laughs> they've got like 200 bands, you could do a fucking like four disc. <laughs> words buy, words listen. Uh, yeah, but yeah, new day aside, very, very good for the scene, you're right. Professor Ranger finished a new album. Wow. This is surprising. What did you guys think this of the last one? It's literally a year since the last one, so that's... It is, yeah. They're on a bit of a trip then, got a lot of momentum. What did you think of that album? I enjoyed it. Yeah, I really liked it. I expected it to be a bit watered down and a bit rubbish. And then I surprised myself because it just sounds like a kind of... It does sound like a Rage album, let's be honest. It's just not got Zach on it. And, um, but it was a bit more like... I thought it was a bit more... It was very ragey, but it had a kind of... Oh, I can't use words like... I was going to say it's got more bouncing group, but obviously that sounds ragey. But it was kind of a bit more like of a jam album. Yeah, I know I mean? what you mean. You mean a bit less put together and a bit less serious and a bit more... Yeah, exactly. Not that the message isn't serious, but a bit more kind of we're going to go out and play something live and jump around on a stage and get people riled exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. Totally. They kind of just a bit kind of went in the studio and sort of let it all come out rather than sort of piecing things together bit by bit, which I'm sure they did. Definitely, yeah. And, and kind of... Didn't really know what to expect to their set of download last year, but it was one of my favourite sets the whole weekend. Yeah, it was amazing, I thought. And it's a cool record. It's loose, it's interesting, it's groovy, it's bouncy. Like you said, it gets you feeling excited, it gets you want to go and see them, gets you want to jump around. Um, I welcome Which they did cover, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And can we just say, while we're on that, Jump Around is one of those songs no band ever needs to cover again. Okay? It's in the Smells Like Teen Spirit, etc., yeah, we don't need to hear any bands cover that ever again. We know how it sounds. You jump around a lot. Well done. <laughs> so I've seen at least four or five bands do that. I've seen Biscuit cover it. I've seen Snoop Dogg cover it. I don't need to hear fucking jump around again. So yeah. But you said the last. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, man. Calm down. Sorry. Shut up, though. Uh, the last album, as I like say, was a bit not less serious in its intent, but in very terms of its sound. I didn't think it was that metal either. In a lot of what they were doing, not the Rage of the most metal band anyway. But they've. But Tim Comerford has said. Uh, that uh, it's going to be that you're going in a different direction it's not the same and I love that we grew up listening to bands that made records and you were waiting at the record store to hear that doesn't mean anything at the end but basically <laughs> what, I thought you were it just doesn't, what you by that. doesn't matter what you mean at the end but basically different what direction what does it mean like? Diff- I don't but know. what direction I don't know I, I, more hip hop more metal I'd say I, I, I imagine they might go more metal because I think those, those lent a lot on the hip hop element this album I think Be Real yeah, I was going to say they've got, to give, they've got to give Be Real something to do yeah <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know but I, I'm, I'm going to say I'm welcoming it I don't know when it's going to come I imagine I think this year there's new actually there's a new track scheduled to come out on Saturday weirdly because no one releases music on a Saturday but it's I'm very excited about it fight the system yeah don't you want at least on a Sunday I don't know we'll see interesting times what are they going to do to be confirmed yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about briefly uh, uh, one of, well, loads of new bands that you should read about in the current issue of Melt Hammer, uh, as always. But I wanted to pick out one in particular to talk about, which is Wolf Tooth, right? So this is um, Wolf Tooth are a four-piece band from Indiana, and I first heard about these guys because of Blasco, who is Black Label Society's manager, but also plays bass in Aussie's band now, which is pretty cool. Mm. It's not a bad gig. Um, and he was just tweeting on and on about them, and I kind of thought, well, right, if this guy's tweeting about this band. He probably knows a thing or two about riffs, so I'll go check this out. And Black Label Society is actually a pretty good starting point because Wolftooth are one of the single best kind of riff-led bands I've heard in the last few years. And I don't say that lightly because I know there's a lot of bands putting out good albums and the rest of it right now. Um, 
this is a, this is a band for fans of like as I say Black Level Society is a fairly good um, reference point but like Mastodon High on Fire The Sword those been kind of rumbling um, slightly fuzzed out heavy metal riffs in there uh, there's a bit more of a heavy metal thing going on than a lot of those bands I just said like a bit of gallop here and there um, the Forged in Fire which is the last track on the album that's kind of like Mastodon meets Diamond Head so you've got these big fat riffs crunching down over this galloping bass line and all the rest of it really 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 cool uh, their singer Chris his, vo- his vocals like again going back to the black label comparison they're a little bit um, I don't know what the term is like synthesised right. you know like Zach has sometimes when he goes to that kind of yeah. effect yeah that, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> he's kind of got that kind of thing going on as well which gives it this cool kind of weird kind of slightly out there vibe um, as well the album is self-titled uh, there's another really good track on there called Season of the Witch if you're going to check out one song from it I'd, I'd say go check out Season of the Witch because that is as I say just a straight up heavy metal banger absolutely laced in riffs it's really really good um, and you can read an interview with them uh, with the excellent Rich Hobson in the current issue but as I say if you like riffs um, and you like them big and fat and doused with little bits of heavy metal here and there get on Wolf too because I genuinely think they're one of the best bands in that realm to come out right now so go listen to it immediately you have been warned. <laughs> Rips are coming. <laughs> Should we take some readers' questions, Merlin? Oh, or oh go on then. Yeah, go on, you do it, Al. All right. Matt Grimster, that's a great name, by the way. Solid name. Asks, are there any bands you think could have been festival headliners at one point in their careers, but have now probably missed out on that chance? Well, yeah, basically. Um, I mean, I think... Um, I think the, the, one, the obvious one that kind of comes to mind is... I hate to say it, but it's probably Machine Head for a certain generation of fans. Yeah, it's quite funny actually because just looking at your piece of paper, we've got both got pieces of paper, Merlin, where we've written our answers, and our answers are identical. That was a long way of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> we've written the same same bands. <laughs> but yeah, I think Machine Head. I think Machine Head is an obvious one, and I think it's important to note, which we'll probably go into more detail on with the other bands we're going to mention but you never know where a band's trajectory is going to go mm. just because they haven't done it on one album cycle doesn't mean they couldn't come back and you never know but Machine Head's case that kind of period just after the blackening it really felt like something was going on with that band in a big big way and yeah. it felt like Unto the Locust should have been the album that maybe didn't put them on headlining festivals but established them as the next band that were going to do that you know what I mean? Kind of like, you know, Parkway Driver doing now and, and all the rest mm. of it. Um, I don't think Unto the Locust was good enough. And I don't. I think that's kind of where they tripped up. You know, they did that Wembley show on it and it didn't quite feel right. And it didn't quite feel like the momentum right. was still with them. Um, and then they released Bloodstone and Diamonds. So I kind of think that album went under the radar. A yeah, they released people. it in like December, I think. And everyone just sort of forgot about it. Did they release that one in December as well? I feel like they did. Maybe. Yeah, it was, it was later in the year. I think it was maybe a bit earlier than that. But um, it was... that To me, Bloodstone and Diamond is the album that should have come after The Blackening because that is an absolute crusher of an album. And I think if they released that with the lament that they had, we might have seen Machine Head be in with a serious shout of headlining download at some point. But what actually happened was Until the Locust didn't quite hit and they ended up kind of third from top on that day that Chase and Status and The Prodigy played, which 
I like Chasing Status and I love the Prodigy, but kind of felt like a bit of a yeah, not not a kick in the face for him because it was a still great slot for them. They killed it, but it was just a kind of like on the year. A lot of people hoped they might end up headlining, they ended up playing under two dance bands, and it just all felt a bit off. Um, and now they don't do festivals anymore. And now, yeah, now they're not doing festivals anymore. And to be fair, what they've been doing instead is playing two and a half hour sets that have absolutely slayed everyone. So it's all going fine yeah. for him anyway. Yeah, so if you're a Machine Head fan. Good. Good, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Still unquestionably one of the very, 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 very best bands uh, of the last 20 years. But um, yeah, interested to see if they could... I don't know what they'd have to do to get back on that horse again. An amazing record. <laughs> yeah. well, I feel like they released an amazing record. I mean, Catharsis was pretty good. I thought Plus on Diamonds was excellent. Catharsis really split people, hasn't it? Some people think it's good and some people just yeah, aren't like it Catharsis. at all. And it is difficult because they are doing these shows now that are an evening with them. Like you said, it's really good if you're a Machine Head fan. But if you're not a Machine Head fan, you're not going to see them like organically. You're not going to... Like bands that I saw at festivals some of the bands some of the bands I saw at festivals were bands I wouldn't go to their own show of them mm. when I saw them at the festival they really pulled me in mm. bands like Slayer at the time when I first saw Slayer and I was getting into metal I wouldn't have gone to a Slayer show because I didn't really understand what it was all about but when I saw it at a festival I was like oh this mm-hmm. is a thing and kind of wanted to know more about it so there's a danger there I think if you only place your fans where do the new ones come from yeah very good point but yeah uh, who else is there there's a couple of other bands I've got Corn written down Ah, that's a great shout. I feel I feel like it it could have happened for them, really. Like yeah. it happened for Slipknot, it happened for System, and it, sh- it should have happened for Corn. Corn and Death Times, yeah, two from that era, era yeah. where I think, yeah, that it, it was weird actually because Corn were doing arenas easily on, um, I imagine, I think on issues and certainly on Untouchables. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, actually, I'll tell you why that probably is because there was no download. When That's they just were. about That's to what say. I mean. Yeah, but when Corn were at their peak, it, it didn't happen. But yeah. it's not like they've stopped doing. They, they do Brixton or whatever, five thousand people every time they come. Mm. They did Wembley last time there in London. That's a really interesting point because I was just thinking, Untouchables was in two thousand and two, I think, and I was thinking, why didn't the headline? Oh, they could have, it could have only been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could have only been Reading, or I don't even think Ozfest was going on then in the states, was it? But yeah, there certainly wasn't... Because um, I've seen Corn headline festivals. They headlined Chicago Open Air last year. So they, they do headline festivals in certain territories. But you're right, they definitely didn't get to the, the stage where, you know, by the time System of a Down had got properly arena for yeah. the Download was around. Yeah, and say it's the same with Slipknot, but it's just... Yeah, Corn. I think it's a shame, even though Corn are not going to get any smaller, I can't see them making a leap again into... Yeah, download headliner. I kind of think you don't, they don't need to. They don't need to. No, I don't think either anyone that in corns camp sat though. there. Just personally, I'd love to. See yeah, it totally. Show. But at the same time, to me, if you're looking for that sub headliner hour long set that's going to warm you up yeah. and really get you in the mood to party, corn are. That I can't think of a single other band I'd rather have there because they're one of the best live bands in metal now. Yeah, I think when. I think it was 2013, maybe, when Sidmar headlined with Corn on before that and just did an hour and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, that's all that's all you want, really. Yeah. Not all you want, yeah, you want as much corn as you can handle. But an hour of corn bangers at a festival, fucking wicked. But it's a shame that they can't, that they're not that band, but really they, you know, they started it all, Merlin. They did, they did, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, I've also got Deftones written down, as we just sort of mentioned. And also Kill Switch. I think they could have kept going. I was going to put down Kill Switch. I, yeah, they're a funny one. 
that the kill switch of the band to me, uh, if you look at the kind of the, the big four of uh, kind of mid noughties metal that looked like it was all going to break and go back to yeah, Trivium, Bullet, Avenged, and Killswitch. Mm. And out of those four, Killswitch seemed like the ones that had never seriously been considered capable of, of making that step up, which is a shame because when Howard was still in the band and they were, you know, still a couple of years of him starting to quite obviously lose his passion for it and stuff and they went off the boil a bit live, they were selling out Brixton on every tour, no yeah. problem. Like 5,000 capacity venues, easy. Um, but for some reason, it never really quite stepped up from that for them. Yeah, no, so again, it's a shame because I think they're the best out of those four bands that are just listed. So. Yeah, yeah, and the momentum just halted for them for whatever reason. And yeah, again, they're another band that seems to sort of be at whatever level they, you know, they're at now. And definitely not going to, unless the next album's a killer, which it probably will be, I can't, they're not going to get to Dallin headlines. But I've, I'd love oh, to see Killswitch headline Bloodstock. Yes, I would back that a hundred percent. Do a live or just breathing in full of bloodstock? Oh, stop it! Well, the question is: is that just because metalcore simmered down? Like, because you know, metalcore was a huge thing, and there was bands like Shadows Fall and loads of other metalcore bands that I can't remember right now. But Killswitch were at the top of that metalcore tree. God forbid! And then Trends kind of moved on a bit already, didn't they? Yeah, but it did with everything, didn't it? New metal died a death, and Slipknot, uh, in case, admittedly, Slipknot and. System and not straight up new metal like Killswitch or straight up metalcore, but the scene they came from died a painful death, and they kind of all still. Well, system went away for years. That is also true, and refused to make a new album. Not that I'm bitter about it. And Corn had a couple of dips, and then have kind of come back onto sort of even. Yeah, they're they're rabbit mask periods that people people just ignore now. Get that happened. I love those rabbit masks. But yeah, so I think. You have to take into consideration where the scene was at as well, and what people were listening to, and how things were changing. And I think some of those things, you know, the bands carried on doing their thing, but then the audience fell away a bit, which yeah. is just unfortunate. Really. I didn't fall away. I was no, you did. You were flying, flying. Fucking love that band. Um, mentions, and I was. You've got. I can see you've got them down as well. I mentioned a couple of bands there that would also be probably in this bracket, which is Trivium. Firstly, uh-huh. um, kind of feel like we've covered there. Rise and not fall, but kind of. No, they, they have headline Bloodstock though. They have headline Bloodstock, and that's why I think it's great that we have a festival like Bloodstock because it's it gives bands the opportunity to bring a headline production and a headline performance in that they might not have got otherwise. Mm. And I think that great. was sort of a payoff for all their fans that followed them all the way. That's our machine head. We should add as well, by the way. Yeah. Because um, you know, Trivium were kind of pushed as massive next Metallica big thing, and then, like you said, kind of fell from favour a bit, or you know, didn't make records as good as people expected them to and doing the Budstock thing they're able to kind of do that show for all those people that liked all the different albums it didn't have to just kind of ride on a couple of big successes Mm -hmm. which is a really different kind of a headline show to a band that have just kind of come out and done some massive albums definitely true and I think again Trivium headlining downloads I, I I don't know I don't know if that could be feasible, but out of all the bands we've talked about so far, they're definitely the ones that feel like they're getting a proper second wind under them again. And they are still young. Yeah, they, yeah. They've got a lot of people forget that. You know, those guys are. Uh, tri- I mean, Trivium, to stick it, we, we compared them to Killswitch, but a lot of the Killswitch guys are the better part of 10 years older than Trivium. They've been around the scene yeah. a bit longer. So, yeah. 
31, 32 is not old. (laughs) (laughs) It's not, but there was a weird perception because a band have been around a while. If they're not immediately successful or they miss their window, that people are like, well, they're done now. Move on. There's no point in even trying to get them to a bigger level. Yeah. So on that note, Bullet for My Valentine. They, they definitely belong in this conversation. Kind of whipping boys of metal for a long, long time. And yet, even with the misstep, let's say, that was temper temper, they continue to be a massive, massive band. Yeah. They're doing Alexandra Palace in London, which is better part of 10,000 people. And they do big shows in the US. They sub-headlined at Download this year with a big production. I mean, on paper, is there any reason that they couldn't be promoted to Download Headliners? You know, if a band um, is doing head is, is headlining arenas, why is that? That something's changed in the culture of festivals that means that's not eligible anymore. Because if you look back on years gone by, you get like Brixton-sized bands that would headline yeah, yeah, Reading and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Whereas yeah. now is it's a different audience. So Bullet can headline arenas with the Bullet audience. When it comes to download, are we saying that people who come to download every year expect a sort of metal tradition? Thing. Is it something to do with people's expectations? They pulled a massive crowd this year, though. Yeah. But uh, obviously, they're on before events. I imagine those fan bases cross over, so they're probably there waiting for events. But Bullet you know, are. They're a big massive band. They are huge. They're and you forget band. how big they the are. The biggest British metal band since Iron Maiden, bar none. No one comes close to it. Well, everyone's you, seen, no, no, no. It's everyone's like, seen it. That's more an upset side than <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, no, it's true. I mean, you the know. The poison yeah. was everywhere when it got out. Fucking everywhere, that yeah. album. And yeah, the, everything, everything's sold better than that or done better since then or what. But yeah, they have been on. It's definitely sold more. Since then. Sold better than that on other albums since then. Um, so yeah. On paper, there's no reason Billy Bob Valentine can headline a festival. It's just, I think it's just that leftover snidiness from the metal scene. Yeah, that's what I think. It's just that kind of young person's thing, the emo thing, even though that's not what it was. It wasn't really emo, but they were lumped in with that thing at the time of just our oh, emo fringes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is daft because that's not what they're ever about. Uh, Justin Mahoney asks. What is the best album of 2018 so far? To me, it's Judas Priest and Firepower. That is an excellent shout, Justin, but the correct answer is Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> I've also written down Ghost Merlin. Oh, well, stop copying my notes. I have, um, I have also <laughs> written down Ghost. Well, there you go. It's, uh, yeah, it's... It's, uh, and to be fair, great, that, you know, we talked about Priest. That Priest album is probably knocking on the door of my three or four favourite Priest albums ever like it it's is great. flawless I was listening to it last night and I've given it a rest for a few weeks it's just such a good album every song is really good every song is brilliant it's, like the, same with, it's the same with the Ghost record there's just that consistency to it where every song is good and it all ties into that whole concept yeah, definitely. and theme it feels really cohesive I've got three. Exciting. I've got three layers of um, kind of establishing just how great an album is for me personally and it's the initial listening session if you want to just hear it over and over again and again and again and again and again then the first time you want to listen to it drunk nice when you're walking home from the pub you're a bit pissed and you want to put on an album that's like you're in a good mood you want to put on an album just be like yeah while you're walking home <laughs> life's cool if you pass that that's test two and then once you've kind of burned out a little bit you go away from it for like a few weeks or whatever and then you end up bringing it back in again and it's like it feels almost like a great sits album yeah you know what I mean like oh my god every song on here is massive and you know on that third time you know all the songs but you don't know how you know them you just do yeah exactly and uh, you know there's they made a saxophone solo, arguably the standout moment in metal in 2018, which is phenomenal. So, yeah. That's not my favourite bit. 
Well, but you can have that's that okay. bit. It's your favourite bit. Thank you. What's yeah. your favourite bit? <laughs> My favourite bit is um, don't you forget about dying. Don't that's you forget a, about your friend. That's a weird just, that ref, just that refrain, really. I, I can't like hear that, that song without hearing refrain. you sing it because you sat next to me singing <laughs> that song. Even when nothing's playing, just saying that line over and over again. I'll put it on this afternoon, Luke. We can yeah, have a nice no, afternoon. Okay. Lovely little listen. So yeah, Ghost definitely um, is right up there. Uh, what else is there? The Conjurer album's right the up Conjurer there. Conjurer The Rollo Tomasi album is yeah, yeah, that's amazing. My, my top five. I, yeah, I would say as well, if you haven't listened to that, because obviously they're not as big as some of the bands we're talking about, go and listen to that Rollo Tomasi record because it's so good. So Do really not miss out on that one. Uh, big year for Synthwave already as well, the Carpenter Brute and well it's pronounced Ghost but we're going to call him Ghost uh, album. <laughs> just so to just to differentiate the Ghost and Carpenter Brute albums are both immense um, Louise Le Mans we talked about a few weeks ago mm, on the podcast just mentioned Wolftooth as well that's yeah. right up there for me I love that album the Vane album I've fallen in love with oh yeah that's yeah. a big one it, it is really record. good massive just, massive album yeah want to smash things yeah it's just love Angry, angry music around. It's just really, really good. Hooray! The Death Heaven album as well, which I don't think's out yet, but it's fucking amazing. Oh, that's a hot tip. Hot tip. Hot industry. Death Heaven are good. (laughs) And the new Sky Harbour album isn't out, but I'm really enjoying that. Very nice. So, yeah. Stay tuned. What else else are our lovely readers asking? Who I should say, uh, if you want to join them, uh, in asking us questions and talking to us about the mag and the podcast come to facebook.com forward slash Mount Hammer Readers it's over a thousand of you on there now it's over a thousand of them is it? yeah on our little little Facebook community come join the fun guys should have had a party <laughs> <laughs> lovely party um, Connor Fosh asks do young thrash bands stand a chance at success I'm guessing what he means is that Basically, you don't see thrash bands in big venues anymore, young ones, at all. Not at all, no. I mean, the thing with thrash is that it's very, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's fairly cut and dried as a formula. I think it has, it absolutely has evolved, but, yeah, you know, you're not, you're not going to hear many thrash bands doing something that's going to sound like something you've never heard before. So, no. and I think, as we mentioned metalcore dying earlier how metalcore sort of sounds dated now thrash is quite guilty of sounding like late 80s yes in no matter, in no matter, no matter when it's made because it's just so tied into one particular scene and movement but you've got a band written down I've got the same band written down in big capital letters <laughs> yeah. it's power, it's power yeah. uh, I mean what power trip have brought to the thrash template has made it you know it's that bit more heavier it's that bit more guttural it's got those kind of like chainsaw guitars on it and yet it still sounds massive they still sound like songs uh, you know Executioner's Axe is a song that could could fill an arena no problem Um, and anyone that saw them well I was going to say kill the crowd but I didn't mean it like that but they literally had people knocking themselves out in excitement Um, (laughs) at Brixton a few months ago knows that that is a band that could do you know I absolutely believe that band could be a massive massive band in metal yeah, and they're on the main stage of Bloodstock this summer, I think. Fuck yes! They just sound really exciting. I think if you do it right, and you do it with enough excitement, and you perform well, and people are really getting into it, then that's the best that you can do with Rash. Like you said, there's not going to be any... Well, maybe there will be, but I can't see there'll be any mad innovation but when mm. you watch Power Trip you're just like this slams so I think Thrash when it's done right and done, you know, it's just like the most fun type of metal 
really like you just want to drink beer yeah, and totally. throw yourself around totally but this will always turn up to your house you know it's going to be a good night <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't know why I said my house it's very specific but you know they what I mean they are the band for barbecues yeah the, barbe- the band they for are. barbecues that's they're just cool. the band you want to, they just remind me of having barbecues in the early to mid 2000s <laughs> <laughs> so yeah splash bands do stand a chance of success just they're not going to be as big as Metallica <laughs> very, very <laughs> unlikely sorry to break that bombshell Daniel Kamenhead asks is there ever going to be a reunion with the old Sepultura Max, Eagle and so on I don't know anymore like you keep seeing stories of like various people in the Sepultura camp who are either in it now or it's Max saying conflicting things saying oh I'd be up for it oh I wouldn't be up for it as you could have read in the uh, I believe it was the March issue of Metal Hammer the oral history of Sepultura yeah very mm. uh, we, we talked to all the original members or, or the classic lineup at least um, uh, that was in the issue with Tony Iommi and uh, uh, Rob Alford on the cover um, and you can still order that online by the way Four ninety nine. yes but um, yeah, as Luke said, very conflicting things going on. Max seemed to suggest the reunion was very, very much on the cards at one point, and it just didn't quite work out. Yeah. Well, they talked in that feature about how they had lots of conversations about it, but it hasn't come to anything. And I feel like last year with Max and Igor doing Roots Reunited, that they kind of, you know, obviously Andreas wasn't there, but they sort of, or Paolo, but they kind of did those songs they again. tipped that box yeah and people got to hear those songs with those guys and that's kind of happened and it almost feels like if they did do some kind of reunion thing because it would need so much negotiating so many logistical things to sort out that it would be for some kind of one off I don't know if someone had a benefit gig or uh, some kind of festival and they would just do like one I don't know I feel like it needs it would need some kind of catalyst to get them to do it and it would probably be just a one-off thing if it ever happened I, I would still like to see it I, I find if I mean the, the Cavalera stuff has been really good the, the last couple of years it's been good live um, the last Cavalera Conspiracy album was great I've got yeah, a good feeling about the Soulfly album that's about to come out as well uh, and a lot of people really rate the last Sepultura album as well to be fair I mean I'd like to think it would happen but I think we are entering a point now where we've only I don't know we've got only a few more years to play with I think before it would it would be a bit naff and mm. forced um, yeah it's a funny one we were talking about bands that could have headline festivals actually and where Sepultura were at in 1994 that was absolutely a band that could yeah. have ended up headlining a Monsters of Rock or a Download or whatever if they rather than splitting up if they just sort of like went on hiatus then and came back like fucking five years ago they've mm. just been straight in they're like yep we're headlining yeah exactly and on that note obviously we talked about Vinnie Paul last week Pantera actually just to go back to that conversation Pantera are definitely another great lost potential yeah, yeah, totally. for, for, for you know much more unfortunate reasons of course um, but yeah so Quatura, I'd, I'd like to see it I think I don't know where you'd put it headline of Bloodstock would be fucking yeah, amazing, be amazing. Um, or you know on the second stage at download or one of the upper kind of you know and again give them an hour um, yeah. on the main stage at downloads and you'd probably get the set of the weekend so yeah I'd like to see it but uh, everyone else's guess is as good as ours at the moment I think Alec asks which metal band would you like to <laughs> which metal band would you pick to cover three lions and he's even put in brackets football's coming home <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Al oh, oh, Alex says I reckon Cradle of Filth would do a sterling job 
Not to recover a temptation, Jesus Christ. Oh dear. I just don't, don't want to hear <laughs> that. I'll say that's that a big cradle fan. I just don't want to hear that song again. Sick of it. So you're more of a Vindaloo person, aren't you? Sick of it. Sick of it. <laughs> Eat my goal. <laughs> <laughs> We're on the ball. We're on the ball. Remember that? I think actually, I think Football's Coming Home was number one on my birthday when it was released. Sorry, I just can't deal with it. I don't want to answer the question. I don't want a metal band to cover it because that means everyone's going to play it and listen to it, and they might perform it. I'm sick of it. Giver actually tweeted uh, me today saying if England win on Saturday, they're going to play it live on Sunday. At the festival they're playing. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. What, this, the, the quarterfinal coming? Uh, yeah, this weekend. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think, okay, if I had to pick somebody, I'd pick someone really incongruous so it would kind of sound nothing like it, like Ramstein or something. You can't get a non English band to come That's what I mean. It would be really incongruous. It would be a German band doing right. it in a really Ramstein y way so it wouldn't even sound anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I went the opposite way. I went, I mean, I was literally singing it after the, uh, with uh, some other drunken revelers in a pub last night after the after the match, um, and it's proper like polo shirts, arms linked, just belting it out like a yeah, bunch yeah. of hooligans. And so I'd get TRC to come. That's a fucking great <laughs> shout. Why haven't they covered it? That's that's really good. I've, I've got architects written down because they're massive football. Yes. Players. Yeah. I saw Sam. Uh, you know. Showing, showing the colours, showing the badge, showing the three lines or something. Yeah. But I also put down just like, is it English pans that I thought of? Like Electric Wizard, I thought I'd do a fun version of it. <laughs> a no. fun version? Yeah, fun version. And Winter Phillips, because everything they do is about English law. Brilliant. And back in the day. But, uh, but yeah, basically Architects, I think, will smash it. But TLC is probably the most fun version you're going to yeah. get. It's a shame that Skin Dread are Welsh and not English. Because that, oh, that could have actually worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. What could have been in our imaginary skin, situation? If it was a skindred one, I might even like it. Maybe, maybe. I'd we'll bet, see. I think we, should, we could get skindred to rep us at Eurovision, though. Just uh, throwing that. Oh, out. that's a conversation. Who would you get? Yeah, Eurovision. If you had to put a metal band in to rep, is it? So it's the United Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, I think Cradle feels a good shout for that. <laughs> I don't know if they get any votes but yeah but you've had Lordy why not just go all out and just do Cradle of Filth that'd be pretty that'd be pretty we don't get any votes anyway man. we got like three points this year no but you got work this year no we didn't yeah we did we were pretty much the bottom no we were, we were like halfway through I think halfway down nah I'm looking mid table mid table mid Europe yeah, yeah come on <laughs> brilliant yeah excuse well, me we, great, your we did have our performance um Tainted though, didn't we? This we did. uh, oh, protest around. Yes, one ran on and nicked a microphone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so that's that's why we didn't win. Yeah, Not exactly. The song was balls. So. That's why. That's why Eurovision's a nonsense. <laughs> that I is... want to go and see it. What? Oh, what Eurovision? Yeah, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Does it ever come to England? Has it won? Uh, if, no, you, you if you win, to, it goes to your country. Oh, yeah. Well, that ain't happening anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we've got time for this week on the Metal Hub Podcast. Don't forget to go pick up the guitar issue. And those special Bullify Valentine bundles. They will go, people. I'm not lying. We've got history with this. Oh, can I just say, Luke, United oh, Kingdom were 24th out of 26th. Correct. Come so on. that's not really mid table. Basically mid table. Basically mid table. So, <laughs> well, not bottom, is it? Not bottom. Progress is being made. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and ACAR so we can infiltrate those dirty mainstream podcasts. Uh, <laughs> and we'll be back next week for all new shenanigans. See you then. Bye. Come on, England! <laughs> <laughs>